Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible, and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm Jared Brummett, audio engineer and editor, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. This is a continuation of the message that Rob delivered at World Outreach Church in Riversboro, Tennessee. As always, we'd like to invite you to visit robertjmorgan.com, where you'll find Rob's blog post, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. If you know the story of Ruth, well, I'll tell it to you very briefly. She was a very poor Moabite widow. Nothing. No ability to sustain herself. But she wanted to be a follower of the God of Israel. And she went with her mother-in-law back to Bethlehem in Israel, committed herself to the Lord, and she met this man. The Lord caused their paths to cross. His name was Boaz. And he said, may the Lord richly bless you because you have sought shelter under his wings. And boy, did he ever. She became his wife. And she brought great joy to her mother-in-law. She became a leading citizen in Bethlehem. The Lord gave her a little boy. He became the grandfather of King David. She was drawn into the lineage of Christ. And when you read the New Testament, she is one of our Lord's ancestors. And we're talking about her today over 2,000, 3,000 years later. He richly, he knows how to richly bless you. Do you know that? The Lord knows how to richly bless you. And then look at Psalm 119, verse 14. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. In other words, this book is full of riches. I gave a man a Bible the other day. He is beginning to awaken towards the Lord. And I said, well, you need a Bible that's easy to read. And I gave him one. Now, if I could have, I would have put $100 bills between every page to get him to open it and make sure he went all the way through it. And he would have given him that Bible. And I don't know how much it would amount to, but just think if you had a Bible with a $100 bill between every page. Well, the Bible you have is much wealthier, richer than that, because the words on this page are wealthy. I mean, this is the register of your wealth, and the Bible says that the words of the Lord are more precious than gold. They are richer than silver, they shine brighter than diamonds, and they are better than rubies. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. And then there is Psalm 145. This is um, the passage that I've been trying this year to memorize. And I don't know why I've had a hard time, but I'm still working on it. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty deeds. And it goes on to say, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and rich in love. His love for you 
is not paltry. His love for you is not thin or weak. He loves you richly. He loves you so richly that there is no way to exhaust the riches of his love in your life. And he is slow to anger. Last week I was, or a couple of weeks ago, I was in England, and I visited the home of a hymn writer named Henry Light. And he wrote a great hymn called Abide With Me. And he wrote it just before he passed away, over a hundred years ago. But he also wrote another hymn, and it's one of my favorites, and many people don't know it. But it says, praise him for his grace and favor to our fathers in distress. The name of the song is Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. Do any of you know it? Praise my, I would sing it for you, but then we would all dismiss. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his throne thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. But the second verse says, praise him, still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. That is so encouraging to me. When I make up, um, when I mess up something, you know, that I give in to or I'm not, you know, none of us are perfect. And I can feel so bad about myself. But then I remember he is slow to chide and swift to bless. That's what Psalm 145 says. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and rich in love. And then Proverbs 22 verse 1. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Here's another way in which you can be rich. You can be rich in the character and reputation that you develop and grow in this world. Rich in what other people think of you. And then Proverbs 22 verse 4. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Living a humble life, in other words, is a very rich life. Now, that's counterintuitive, but that is biblical. A humble life is a rich life. In his autobiography, Billy Graham talks about a time when he went, he and his wife Ruth went to the Caribbean, to an island, to rest. Uh, I know that he would very frequently, after his evangelistic campaigns, be thoroughly exhausted, and Ruth, his wife, wanted to get him away to rest, and she would collect some books and, and some cassette tapes back then for him to listen to, and her attitude was that you should always come back from your vacation restored. Too many people come back from their vacation exhausted, tireder than when they left. But she said, I've got to get Bill, she called him Bill, I've got to get Bill restored before his next event. So they would go somewhere. They had two or three little spots that they went to in the Caribbean. Well, on one island, he says, on one of those occasions in his autobiography, there was a very wealthy man who was 75 years old, and he lived up on the top of the hill in a mansion, and he found out that Bill, Billy and Ruth were there, and he had them up for lunch. And he said to them, out there is my yacht but I don't enjoy it anymore. And I've got airplanes and helicopters, but I don't feel well. And I've got this mansion, but it's hard to get down. 
to the water. He said, I'm, I'm just a miserable person. And they tried to share the gospel with him, and they left. And that evening, there was a man. He was also 75 years old. He was a local pastor, a widower, who was also taking care of his two invalid sisters. And this man invited Billy and Ruth to his little humble house, and he fixed supper for them. And they had the most wonderful time talking about the Lord and praying together. And, and the man was so happy. And as they drove back to their lodgings, Billy looked over at Ruth and said, which of those two men, both the same age, both about the same level of health, but which of those two men do you think was really the rich man? And he said, Ruth just looked at me. She didn't need to answer because the answer was obvious. There is something about a humble life that makes us rich. And that's what it says in Proverbs 22, uh, 22 verse 4. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. And then Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful person will be richly blessed. And along with that, Romans 10, 12, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all of them and richly blesses those who call upon him. The Bible doesn't say that we are blessed. It says we are richly blessed. Isn't that a wonderful little word there? Richly blessed. And in the same way, Ephesians 2, 4 says God is rich in mercy. Well, that mercy is extended to all of us, so we are participants in the richness of God's mercy. You see, this thread all the way through the Bible is helping us to change our idea about what it really means to be a rich person. And then let's go on. It says in Isaiah 33 and verse 6, the Lord will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich storehouse of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Now, in this particular passage, Isaiah is very alarmed about the time in which he is living because society is imploding and there is violence everywhere. And he looks around and he says, Lord, I am living in very difficult times. And so are we. But the Lord said, I am the security of your times. He said, I am the sure foundation for your times, a rich storehouse for you. And we're living, ladies and gentlemen, in very difficult times, very distressing times. We don't know when another pandemic will break out. We don't know when an assassination will change the history of our nation or of our world. We don't know when the world's economy is going to come collapsing down like a house of cards. We don't know when some tyrant is going to fire a nuclear weapon. We don't know when a biological weapon may be released. We don't know what's going to happen in this world, but we have a sure foundation for our times, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the foundation for our times and a rich storehouse, it says, of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And then there's Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which he has called you, the riches, 
Now, look at this. You have to really look at this. The riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. It is not talking about our inheritance. It is talking about his inheritance. Do you see that? The riches of his glorious inheritance. This is referring to Jesus Christ. He has an inheritance. And he is looking forward to enjoying that inheritance throughout all of eternity. And what is his inheritance? It is his people. It is you and me. We are his inheritance. This is an incredible verse. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you might know the tremendous hope that you have in being his inheritance through eternity, his glorious inheritance that he has in his holy people. And then in Ephesians 3 verse 8, although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the glorious, boundless riches of Christ. When we share Jesus, we are not sharing a little message. You're not sharing anything to be embarrassed about. When you tell someone about the Lord Jesus, when you share Jesus in any way, you are sharing the richest, most inexhaustible, most unsearchable, wonderful message that anybody could ever share with somebody else. It is rich, it is deep, it is high, it is wonderful. It is the boundless riches of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, here is a verse that we need, Ephesians 3.16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being. Since COVID, I've continually battled fatigue. It's been so frustrating. Some of you maybe have had the same thing. I've always been so full of energy, and now I'm tired when I wake up. I'm still working on it, and I think I'm getting better. But I've needed this verse because the Lord tells us that we can pray and ask Him to strengthen us in our inner being by His Holy Spirit. But it's not just a matter of being strengthened in our inner being by His Holy Spirit. It is a matter of being strengthened with the rich, matchless, and exhaustible energy that God Himself possesses. He can give you enthusiasm. He wants you to live with enthusiasm and with strength and energy for every single day. And he then wants his people living in fatigue. And then look at verse number, well, this is verse 18, Colossians 1:27. It talks about the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. And verse 27, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this ministry, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I don't know if you realize that Ephesians and Colossians, those two letters that are right together, 
close to one another in the Bible. They were written about the same time, and they resemble one another very much. We believe that Paul wrote the book of Ephesians to the people of Ephesus, and he wanted to tell them certain things about their richness, about their wealth, their walk, and their warfare, just as I said earlier. And then he wrote to the Colossians, who were having a particular problem, and he modeled that letter after what he had written to the Ephesians. So you see similar patterns and parallel passages and everything in it. And both of these letters, the Lord talks about a mystery. He said there is a mystery. Now, a mystery was something that God knows, but we don't until he unveils it for us. And the mystery that Colossians and Ephesians talks about is the mystery of the church. The existence of a group of people from Pentecost until the rapture who will take the gospel of Christ to the ends of the earth. The the Old Testament prophets never talked about the church. They talked about the Israel future, the future of Israel. They talked about what God would do in the broad scheme of world history. But the prophets didn't really talk a great deal, really not at all, about the age of the church. It was a mystery. But then, after the resurrection and after the day of Pentecost, the Lord revealed this mystery to Paul and to the other apostles. And it was that the Lord was going to take the Jews and the Gentiles and bring them together in Christ and tear down the barrier, make them one family, and let them take the gospel of Christ to the ends of the earth. That was the mystery revealed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, he talks about how rich this is for us, that we are members of his great secret church that the prophets didn't really know about, but that he revealed at the right time. And we have a family wherever we go in the world. We have a family. I want to tell you what happened to me earlier this week. It was, it was, it was just really, well, I'll tell you what it was. I was in Naples, Italy, and I needed to get somewhere, and I took a taxi cab. And on the way, well, I was going to the train station, was where I was going. So on the way there, I was sitting in the back of the taxi, and I noticed that the driver had the fish symbol on his dashboard with the word Jesus in there. And I said, I like that symbol. And he said, in broken English, he said, Jesus, he's number one. He's my life. And I was so thrilled with that. And so, we, uh, you know, we got to the train station, and I got out of the car, and he got out to help me with my luggage, and I was paying him. And I gave him a hug. I said, I am so glad to meet you, my brother in Christ. Well, there were two young men, they looked to be about 22 or 23, standing on the curb waiting for him because they needed to go somewhere. They just arrived at the train station. And when I called him my brother in Christ, They said, us too. And they came over and hugged us. We almost sang the doxology. It is a rich thing to go wherever you go in the world, and you are part of God's family. 
that's his mystery that was revealed, and we have such richness when we realize that. And then in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so they will have complete, full riches of understanding. And finally, Colossians 3, 16, not finally, but almost, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. One of the things that I was doing in Europe was taping 59 second sermons for my social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, because I want couples to have devotions and family devotions. And so every day I put up a 59 second sermon. I just want to use every way that I can to help people discover that they can richly absorb the Word of God. Let it dwell in you richly. And then this verse, 2 Peter 1.11, you will receive the moment, if you know Christ, that he comes or he calls you home, you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom. You will not have to sneak into heaven. There's going to be a parade for you. There's going to be a welcoming. The angels are going to take you. And the Lord is going to be there. And it's going to be a celebration when you get to heaven. You will be richly welcomed into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, Romans 11 verse 13 that sums it all up. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, his paths are past finding out. Don't ever think that you are a poor person. Just go through all of these verses. And like John W. Peterson said in that old song, you'll say, how rich I am since Jesus came my way. Redeem my soul and turn my night today. How very rich, how very rich I am. All things are mine my eyes, once blind, now see, and all of life is now a symphony. And with all this, heaven is my destiny. How rich I am. Amen. Well, will you bow your heads and stand with me in prayer? Dear Lord, I want to ask for anyone who is here or watching online, who needs Jesus and the richness of his grace and the richness of his mercy and the richness of his love and the richness of his hope. May they at this very moment with me say, Father, I confess my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior. As best I know how, I turn my life over to you. And Father, for anyone here who needs to just be reminded of the encouragement they have in the riches of Christ, may we leave here as though we are floating on air, knowing how rich we are. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, both now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for digging into the riches of the Bible with me. 
This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing company Clearly Media. Audio editing and engineering is done by Jared Brummett. Editorial supervision is by Sherry Anderson. And Luke Tyler takes each of these episodes, condenses them, adds an opening outline, and posts them as blogs on my website at robertjmorgan.com, where you can find many other resources. Music is by Jordan Davis. Thank you for tuning in, and may God be with you until we meet again.